Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cape Cod. Just a few minutes past noon today and it is uh, here on Life with Gwen that you may have been surprised. We had a different opening. We are seeing a bit of wood turning and we are about to introduce you. Hello Dave. Hi, Take how a, are you? Thank you, Chair. I'd like you all to meet Dave Arnone. Dave Arnone. He's with the Cape Cod Wood, wood Turners Club and I can't tell you how many times I've been practicing that because not woodworkers, um, you know, it's wood turners. Totally different thing. Really is. Men, a number of our members only turn wood. They don't do any other wood turning. And it's interesting because a lot of our members never had any woodworking experience, never worked with machines or tools before they got involved in this. It's, it's quite a different part of, part of the woodworking field. It, uh, and I was surprised when we met and you told me that there are about 80 members in the Cape Cod Club. There is. Uh, we're up to 80 members and growing, and uh, almost 20% of our current membership are women. Uh, and I think you told me also that it uh, it's really catching on because about half of the uh, people who are, are coming to you now, it's almost an equal um, distribution of women and men. I don't know if we're equal yet. As I say, about 20% of our current members are, are uh are women, but a lot of our new members are women. Um, right. We have a, a portion of the club uh, called Women in Turning. Um, the club is a subchapter of the American Association of Woodturners, and within that national organization, there is a Women in Turning group. 
Um, we are about the largest uh, in Massachusetts as far as our as our female membership. Um, most of our members are retired, and uh, they finally have time to exactly. take up the hobby that they exactly. were looking for. And I, I think that's really, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to wood turning uh, throughout my life a little bit here and there, but it wasn't until I retired that I really got to play and uh, get involved and really do more with it and um, I gotta tell you it's just cathartic it's exciting every piece of wood is like a Christmas present you just never know until you start turning what you're gonna find I, I can feel the energy coming off of the items you've brought and not to sound corny but I was surprised when you know when you were doing this for the audience it was the first time I'd seen you using the lathe mm -hmm. and I was surprised that it's almost like it's almost like a symphony because the, the, the sounds change as you go, depending on where you're working on what piece and how, I, I don't know what all it depends on, but you know, yeah. you have the chittering and then you have the, the lower tones. And I thought this is so relaxing, it's like music. It really is. And I've had a lot of people, um, both family, friends, as well as formal demonstrations, and they say it looks like you're dancing with the lathe, and, we, and you are. Your body becomes really in tune, and you get into the zone, and it's just a lot of fun. And I think for a lot of us, um, one, of the, one of the fun things with this group, when we do a program uh, for students or that sort of thing where we're doing instruction, I always have the turners that are working with me introduce themselves. We have people from every walk of life. I was a high school principal. We have people who are restaurateurs. We have people who work for the CIA. We have people who are professional photographers, physical therapists. The list goes on and on. And in retirement, this is the chance to really do something different and yet still be cognitively engaged. Mm -hmm. Wood turning is a very cognitive activity. You're, you really have to think about what you're doing and what the tools are doing. It's, it's ancient. It goes way back, uh, the early Greeks and beyond. Um, so winter has been around a long time. Obviously, a lot of modern innovations in the field, but it lets you bring your creative side out, but it also keeps us really active and thinking as, as senior adults. I think that's important, and we have a lot of fun with it. We really do. And one of my first questions, because um, as you can see from the Band-Aid, I am naturally clumsy, <laughs> and uh, you know I've just come to own it. Uh, but one of my questions was about safety, and I saw that you were using uh, that your hands are not directly in there; that you're using a tool as you're shaping. Oh, absolutely, yeah. As a matter of fact, we have a saying: there's a there's a tool rest on the machine that the tool actually uh, glides on, and this side of the tool rest is you. That side of the tool rest is the piece you'd never cross those oh, two bones. So it's part of the instruction that we do. And one of the exciting things for people here on the Cape is that our local chapter, our club, the Cape Cod Woodturners, we have an extensive mentoring program. Many of the people that join our I club. I know you do some mentoring. I, I do head that program. I'm also the membership coordinator. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my email address here. Eventually, people want more information about any of this. We'll ask you to do that a couple of times. Oh, good. In case okay. someone's well, it's, it's very simple. It's on. real easy. Well, go um, ahead. Do it oh, the first time. Well, it's Dave, D-A-V-E, known, opposite of being unknown, A-R-N-O-N-E, home at gmail.com. And just drop me a note. I'd be happy to give you information about any of the clubs or the other activities that are going on. But our members have the opportunity to come in and actually receive instruction. And we are getting more and more people who are coming in who have never touched a tool in their life, never been in a shop in their life. And it's exciting for me 
um, because we get to see them really blossom and, and, you know, just start having fun. And you get very serious, you get pretty involved. This is a, a relatively small lathe, that it's a hobbyist lathe, that's when I bring around for demonstrations, mm -hmm. it's easy to carry. But when people come down to my shop, and now I have 12 shops, thanks to some wonderful folks who have either loaned me their small equipment, you know, that they don't use every day, and ones I've been able to acquire, but we can do up to so 12 you can do people. A class. We do. We do mm -hmm. up to about 12 people at a time. We have open shops. Uh, I open my shop up two, three times a month, and, and members and people come and turn. And it's really a lot of fun. We we have a good now, time. Now, when you say my shop, mm -hmm. um, is it, I want to clarify because I know that that we're also blessed to to have a uh, at the Cape Cod the Cultural Center of Cape Cod. Um, there's there's a um, there's a new studio. facility, a new yeah. studio there. Yeah, there so is. are you talking about two different places here? Yes, I am. Um, my shop is in the basement of my home, ah. uh, fairly well equipped. And uh, we've kind of put that together because we wanted to turn with more people. Um, many turners have one lathe, they work in their own home, and it's a very lonely activity. It's pretty isolated. Well, you found a solution to this because... Your wife has recently started turning. She has, and she's, uh, she's amazing. She's an amazing turner. And the, the two other fellows that work with me uh, as mentors have both said, it's not fair. I mean, she's turning things that we didn't turn in the first four or five years of turning. She's already doing that, and she's only been turning about Such as? What kinds of things? Oh, she's done all kinds of things. Well, she started out her first project pretty ambitious. Um, my daughter was going to have a child, and she wanted to make favors for a shower. She turned 22 candlestick holders and oh all of different kinds of bark and natural woods and so forth. And the people just absolutely love them, and she gets a lot of requests. She does. She's a fabric person. She does a lot of weaving and that sort of thing, and she makes shawl pins and all sorts of really great stuff. She's she's really a out of wood. Out of wood? Oh, Wooden yes. Wooden shell pins? Oh, they're gorgeous. Wow. She does a beautiful ring with a finial pin with a lot right. of detail, similar to this sort of thing, that goes through and catches the shawl. And actually, uh, there will be some of those. Other people make them as well, but there will be some of Sandy's work at the um, Great Gift Show, which is going to be going on at the Cultural Center. Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, not Sunday. Oh, uh, not we, Sunday. Friday no, and Saturday. Yes. And for those who have been to it, uh, Friday is really, this is the first year we've ever done a Friday. The center is, is trying this out. Um, when we open our shows at the center, we frequently do a reception on Friday night. Well, this is kind of along that same theme, but we do this to coincide with the cookie stroll in Bass River. And as you know, that sells out every ticket. Yeah, if you don't have a ticket to the cookie yeah, stroll, unfortunately it is you're going to have to wait till next year. Yeah, absolutely. But it is a wonderful thing to do. It's a, it's a wonderful day. Um, and we get incredible foot traffic uh, through the Great Gift Show because of that cookie center. We're on, we're on the stroll. Right. You're right down there next yeah, to the so library. Lots yeah. Lots of mm -hmm. people. Lots of people. Um, and a lot of artisans and people show their work uh, at Great Gifts. So this year we're starting out uh, Friday night. We're opening doors, I think, around 5 and we'll run to about 7 and there'll be refreshments and some wine and cheese and so forth. Good chance to get a preview, if nothing else. I'm going to come Friday, Dave, because yeah. my birthday is next week and oh. I'm going to buy myself one of those Shulfins. 32, 33? 
Yeah, bless you. (laughs) I remember it. I remember 32 and 33. But uh, hey, age is just a number. It's how you feel. Absolutely. And that's what this is all about. Exactly. As, uh, you know, as everyone is is showing you, people who now have some time, you know, who have uh, traded in their their high-powered careers are going to a a calming, but, you know, uh, a hobby to do. And you know what surprised me was it's not a huge investment to get started. It's not huge. There, there is an investment. Um, you, you know, if you're going to acquire a lathe, obviously one of the benefits of belonging to the club and being in our mentorship program, and I, I say this to our members all the time, don't buy anything until you've used it. Mm. If there's a tool out there for wood turning, I have it. And if I don't, I know someone who does. So, you know, we give what people a, a chance idea. to try all different kinds of lays, all different sizes of lays, all kinds of tools, try different projects, see what fits you. Because it's like anything else, you can go nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's a great for me because when my wife says, you're buying more tools, and I say, yes, because <laughs> i got to have everything so people can try it. It's a great excuse. Anyway. You um, can soon approach that, uh, that uh, tax deductible uh, level, you know, that, if well, you have to I buy suppose. all the tools. Yeah, there you go. Um, you mentioned age, too, and I, I just want to pick up on that a little bit, Gwen. That's the focus right now of the program at the Cultural Center. Um, when I went to them and said, you know, we've been having our monthly meetings there, and we do a number of exhibits there throughout the year, uh, we're very involved, and it's a wonderful organization to work with. I and their expansion and gave them such so much uh, potential to do more things because the the whole back of the building is basically new. It is you know? gorgeous, and those yeah. studios are beautiful. I know most of the artisans. Um, it's really a lot of fun. In their kitchen? And now in the culinary yeah. program. Yeah, you had Joe here on the show. Yes, I, Joe's, I got a Joe Suzanski. Great and guy, on the show. I've been to one of his classes too. Well, it's torture every time I go into the building because I get on in my and the the studio is right below the kitchen, so it's like holy mackerel! By the time I leave, I'm starving. Um, but we are we are creating a maker space, and right now wood turning is the primary portion of it. Although I think other crafts will be coming mm-hmm. in, and we were just so very fortunate. Um, the Massachusetts Charitable Mechanic. Association and no S. It's not mechanics. It's mechanic association was kind enough uh, to put up grant funds so that we were able to buy the equipment and get the program up and running. We're just so, so very, very grateful to them. Paul Revere was one of their founding members. Wow. Yeah, this is not a new organization. They've been around a long time. And Paul Revere was one of the funding member founding members of of which group? I'm sorry. Massachusetts Charitable Mechanic Association. I always want to say mechanics, but it's not. They, mechanic. They, they correct me. There's no S, just mechanic association. Yeah, they're wonderful. And they've done other programs with the Cultural Center as well. They're a great, great bunch of people, very interested in helping our youth find ways of, of developing their creativity, but also thinking about careers and what they want to do mm-hmm. you know, as they go. And, and you know, so much, I, I, I guess I would say this, but it seems like if you have creativity in, in some area of your life, that, that it rounds you out a lot. You know, it makes you, it gives you a place to go when, when other things are not going well. Well, I'll blame that as I round out. I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm rounding out, but I'm not sure the creativity. You know, it's interesting. I don't always know, uh, you know, as a high school principal and, and, and before in district administrator and so forth, technical and those kinds of things have always come fairly easy to me, and engineering has always been an interest area for me. 
But aesthetics, I, I have a number of art teachers and coordinators out there who budget-wise probably thought I was the Antichrist. So to, um, hear, to hear them find out that I'm now curating art shows would really be exciting and for And bringing them. <laughs> young people into, into Absolute, this hobby. Into the crowd. I'm going to stop for just a second sure. because I want to remind you guys that uh, um, once more on your, uh, your email address. Dave Arnone, A-R-N-O-N-E, home, H-O-M-E, at gmail.com. So... You can't type in your questions today, but or we can't answer them on the air. But we can um, uh, give you this address if you have questions about the program or about maybe getting involved. Uh, please, you know, contact Dave. And I have to tell you that uh, I, I may know that your name is Arnone, but Siri in my telephone thinks it's Arnon. <laughs> so, <laughs> because of the spelling, yes. I have to correct people all the time. Um, but, I want to share with you, so at the center we're doing a lot with high school kids right now. We do these kinds of programs and projects. Um, the center a number of years ago started a program called Rise and Shine for high school students. And mm -hmm. um, Monomoy High School and now uh, Dennis Yarman. It's the cultural center. Yes. Okay. Uh, has those students coming over. They work with different artisans throughout the year. And we uh, started doing wood turning with them about four years ago. And we love it. We absolutely love it. And we're working now with other groups of young people as well. But these are the kind of projects we have the kids turn. And that's why I believe that the Mechanic Association was very interested. They want to see more programs for young people. Mm. This is just amazing. When you were working in here and the newsroom could hear your uh, the lathe going, uh, someone joked, oh, ask him to make a toothpick. But, uh, you know, it just amazes me that you can make the pen you know, out of uh, out of wood and and then uh, finish it with it looks like a like a brass fitting or and and one of the things I want to say and the reason I want to show these two projects, these students have no background in woodworking. Have never many of them have never touched a tool or a machine, and we do this with them within two hours. Wow, that is amazing. Um, you know, we have so much to talk about, and you are the most organized person I know because you came with a uh, with a guide here. Um, I I want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, one is once again the um, the show this weekend where you can buy or learn more, um, and it's the is it's the fine arts show. Is that the name of well, it? Well, great gifts is is great a program gifts. that that we started at the center primarily to help people with last minute Christmas gifts, or mm -hmm. for some people to help them get started. Um, but there's some yeah. incredible opportunities. Uh, I do a fair amount of my shopping and get my wife off in another direction. I see what she looks at and then I follow behind, you know. Um, but there's beautiful stuff. There's, uh, And I'm not sure exactly what we'll have this year. I know that we have a couple of new ones. We have one that's doing herbal uh, health medication and, and using herbs. For oh, yes, I saw that. Mm -hmm. That's coming in this year. I'm very excited about that. And uh, obviously the wood turners will be there. We have a very large portion. Uh, most vendors only have one table. We have four this year, so a lot. You have of, a lot of people. Well, yeah, we we have, I believe, six, seven people who are actually putting their work out over on those four tables. Mm -hmm. And then the club, uh, members of the club donate pieces to the club, and then the club has what we call the club tote, and we put those pieces out, and proceeds go to support the club. So that will be there as well. But some of the best Turners. This is my personal opinion, but I think you'll, you'll agree with me when you see their work. Some of the best turners that we have in the club are showing the stuff they have. Is I can't wait to see it. I, I love wood and stone. Yeah. It, it just really speaks to me. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, uh, 
we didn't get to, I don't think, how much is it to join the club and, and what are some of those benefits? This is my favorite thing. <laughs> it's a whopping $25. Wow. That's it. And for that, uh, we do all kinds of instruction and mentoring. You can, you can come in and work one-on-one. -on -one. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one with people. We have groups that come and turn together. We have very experienced turners who've been turning 15, 20 years who want to develop a particular skill or work on a particular project. We do one-on-one -on -one with them. We even do uh, mentoring for people who want to learn how to demonstrate and, how, and begin to, to show their, you know, do de public demonstrations like this. And we do that training for them as well. And that's all. This may seem a, a silly question, but um, I assume you work with natural woods. Mm -hmm. And are there any like trends or, or changes in, in wood turning? Or is it something that is pretty much heralds back to the days? I think you said people were doing this long before electricity when they were. Oh, doing, heavens, oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Way, way before electricity. Yeah, you know, the old steam powered mills and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we actually water powered mills were, were very common for doing this kind of equipment. Uh, if you ever get to the Shaker Museum here in Massachusetts, you'll uh, see examples of the old wood turning ways and they still turn uh, legs and so forth for chairs up there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's been around a long time. Um, but. A lot of innovation, most of it, in, it has come to ease of turning, but also safety. Um, when we do our training, we always start there. Safety is our biggest issue. We don't want anyone ever getting hurt. And there is safety issues working with wood. Um, glasses wood, to... Safety glasses, but also your lungs. Um, sanding and creating the wood particles, all of that can get into your lungs if oh, you don't use proper respiration and ventilation. Mm -hmm. So the studio that we've put in at the, at the center my first priority. We want to make sure we have air filtration, dust collection, all of that in place. And we've ordered safety glasses, masks, hoods, you know, we have all that at the center. We provide that. Yeah, I did, you know, you said you were going to make a mess, so you're going to put down a tarp. Jason, I don't know if you got a shot of that, but, but you did make a mess. Not that we mind. It's worth it to have the lathe there. Well, but I'm, I'm people should it, expect. <laughs> oh, it is a messy, it is a messy hobby, no question. And you know, one of the things, I'm glad you brought that up, the piece that Jason is showing uh, the audience right now is a piece of wood. We believe that it's fir. Um, it is very old, very, very old. And it came from a piece very similar to this. And this piece of wood, you may recognize it, unlikely, but you might. But once I tell you, this is a baluster that came from the widow's walk on the Kennedy estate here in Hyannis. Perfect transition, Dave. You should do this kind of work because uh, I did want to get into, we had uh, promised to tell people about the JFK project that you guys are working on. Yeah. So why don't you take this opportunity? Well, this it's, is from been, very, it's well. been very exciting for me. Um, this, these materials came from a renovation of the house. Ted Jr. and Kiki Kennedy purchased the house from Caroline a number of years ago mm -hmm. and wanted to do a, a fairly extensive renovation. I'm not, a, I'm not acquainted with the entire project, but it meant removing a lot of material from the house. And, mm -hmm. the, and the commitment was that no piece of material, no nail, no piece of wallpaper, no tile, no anything that was removed would be destroyed or go to the dump. That's all considered an artifact. So they had trailers, literally, as the construction people went to work, trailers of material coming out. And the, and the construction people and the engineers, architects, were very careful about the project to do as little damage 
to the materials as they remove them as possible, mm -hmm. not the way we would typically do demolition right. on a project. Yeah, this seems pretty and solid. They did their best. As you can see, some of the nails are still in, are still intact. Not good for us. We have to be very yeah, careful. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I use a, a metal detector, and I go over each piece before I turn it so that I don't accidentally oh, hit a nail or find something in there. Yeah, But the, the idea was uh, what Ted and Kiki did with these materials is they donated them to the Hyannis JFK Museum. And the museum opened up an opportunity for artisans. You may have seen it in the in the Cape Cod Times. Uh, I think it was almost two years ago now was the first I did, yeah. yeah. And that was a big deal. It was a national... This is the project worldwide. that Carl Lopes, the artist, yes. is involved with. Yes. Some of his mosaic work and... and yep. uh, he had, uh, I, I know we've covered that, but I'm not sure if we got to you guys, so I'm excited that you're here today. Well, one of the things about our work is it endures. Mes many of the pieces, the beautiful pieces, and they, they were auctioned and, and they were some gorgeous things there. Um, those pieces were one-ups and one time only. Uh, the wood, there was a lot of wood. So mm -hmm. we continue to produce pieces and donate them, or we we actually have an agreement where the artisan gets a small percentage and the museum keeps the remainder. And it's, and then the public can buy these pieces yes, at the museum, yes. right? Yes. Uh, the piece that's on the lathe actually is going towards one of these ornaments. The two ornaments in the front are, J this one is not, but those two are made from JFK material. What an um, unusual gift. Well, they are, and, and they're really quite exquisite. We have an awful lot of people who who, uh, who ask for those ornaments, and we sell quite a few of them, not just for JFK, but in general. A gentleman by the name of Dale Nish passed away now, but really well-known woodturner, um, mm. designed these kinds of ornaments and kind of got us all interested in it. Um, and believe it or not, some of my newest turners do that type of a project within five to six months of, of beginning. That's that's just amazing. It is. You know, it has an almost um, um, it, it's such a simple elegance. It feels almost like a, like a piece of Asian work, you know. Uh, and some of the countries there, there. There's no end to it. You can be as creative, as aesthetic with it as you want to be, as good as your eye is. And as I said, for me, it's a little bit of a challenge. I don't always feel like I have the best eye for that sort of thing, but I do I do the the best way that I can. And we we also work with a lot of different materials. So some yeah, of these what materials. Is that? Well, is it tiger wood? Let me let me talk about that in just a minute. But I just want to finish by saying that the the museum, if you haven't been to see the new exhibit, is phenomenal. It really is. They did a great job. Uh, Jen Papalardo is is leading the museum right here there, on Main Street. Right here on Main Street, and just beautiful. And the work that they have, not only ours. But the work, the work that they have in the in their gift shop is definitely worth looking at. I and mean, if you're looking for some unique gifts for Christmas, uh -huh. anyone who remembers John F. Kennedy would, would love, I think, to have a piece. And, and we have a certificate of authenticity that goes with it that says that the mm -hmm. materials from this piece came from his home. Well, that would be a wonderful it gift is. for a collector. And the interesting thing about, about John F. Kennedy is not only does he have his family here on the Cape, uh, not, you know, not just blood mm -hmm. family, but community family, um, but also, he, you know, you can say his name pretty much anywhere in the world, and uh, there's, there's still a following for him and an interest in his family. Yeah. So I imagine that if you guys are watching this in another country, I know that's ambitious, um, that uh, 
that there's a huge interest in that kind of thing. Is there a catalog, or is it just a thing where you there go in? There is, um, but if you go to the JFK Hyannis, and it's important that you put Hyannis in there, JFK Hyannis Museum uh, dot org. Org, yeah. Um, they have some many of the items, examples of the items, oh, or great. the items themselves on their website. Excellent. So you could definitely take a look. And uh, there was a catalog of the original material. Um, I'm not sure if, if that's mm -hmm. up to date in terms well, of what's been sold. Websites now, we can kind of, you know. And uh, they do, they keep it very current. So that one is, is really up to date and is great. So you asked about this uh, item. This is a sea urchin shell. That's an actual sea urchin oh, shell. Oh, wow. Yep. And uh, we work with a lot of different materials. We don't just work with wood. We tease each other a lot. You know, everything is round and brown. Um, <laughs> but that's really not the case. Uh, we do try to come up with a lot of things that are, are fairly original. And one of the most exciting things, Gwen, I just have to say this, you just don't know. When I pick up a piece of wood that's covered with bark, and it's a limb off a tree or a trunk off a tree or whatever. You know, I have some experience with those different woods. So I know what I might find in there. But until I start turning it, I never know what's going to pop out. And it's just exciting to watch the wood come alive as you turn it. And you start thinking, oh, I was going to do this, but now I'm changing that design because I want to get this feature of the wood or this grain or this particular color or mm -hmm. whatever that's coming out. And I, and I want to get that in the piece. It's just a real opportunity to, to be creative. And one of the nicest things I get to do, now that people in the area know that I'm a wood turner, I get an awful lot of phone calls. And, you know, Dave, this tree came down in my yard, and it's a tree that, you know, my kids swung on as children, and it means the world to us, and we're just heartbroken over it. And I'm able to produce four or five items from them that they can pass on to, to the kids. kids and other people. That, that is <laughs> the most... Wonderfully um, um, whimsical and 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 uh, um, not romantic, but you know, like just deep feeling uh, well, thing I, to be able to to do that. It know, is, and it means so memory. much. It really means so much to people. But I, I, I'm going to get even cornier. I apologize, but just this last big storm that we had, trees everywhere, people heartbroken, and there was a tree that came down on uh, in Bass River. And I went to the owner of the house and introduced myself and said, you know, that's a Catalba tree. And my wife and I have walked under that tree for 30 some odd years. We courted under that tree. We pushed our baby carriages under that oh tree. I, well, she just loved the schmaltz and absolutely, you know, go and take some of the wood. Well, I did. And the very first piece I cut, I had to cut a limb off. And there was a perfect shape of a heart. Oh, how wonderful. So I hope I'm, you're making something for your wife, right? Or maybe she's making something for you with that wood. Yes, but I can't say any more about that. Okay, because it's a secret. Don't anybody year, tell her. And no one else may see this show, but I guarantee she will. So, <laughs> so no, I can't say anything more about that. Uh, Dave, we, we kind of like it when a lot of people see this show. We don't want to hear no one else may see. Don't listen to him about that. <laughs> listen to him about all this other stuff, but not that. You just keep on watching. Absolutely. Is my friend from Indiana with us today? No? Oh, okay. Well, you got to come back. So anyway, the fun thing about being on Facebook Live is obviously we can go anywhere in the world. So, um, you know, and we sometimes are able to share the show with people who have an interest. So we will, you know, take a look around and, and see if there's a overseas even someplace that that has a uh, an interest in the J Absolutely. J.F. Kennedy stuff. Well, not only that, but wood turning is 
pervasive throughout the world, and it is growing. I mean, the mm -hmm. interest, mainly because if I were to if I were to take you into my shop and teach you how to build a piece of furniture, I build cabinetry and things mm -hmm. like that. It's it's a good week or two week project to to build a piece of furniture, and like that's that. so, so it seems fast to me. It it, yeah. it is, but but truthfully, you know, I can get invited out to dinner and. I could start in the morning and have a finished bowl to bring to, you know, to dinner that night for them to serve oh, salad. Oh, that's in. So, cool. You know, it's it's that kind of a thing. You get almost immediate gratification from wood turning, and you could turn dry wood or what we call green wood, fresh trees that have come down. But it grows on trees, so it's it's fairly plentiful. And as long as, as we say, keep the trees up, we've been yeah. losing a lot of them lately well, with these we have, forest fires. We don't take wood unless it's come down already. And you know, again, right. when we do take wood, you know, if people contact us and say, "Hey, would the club be able to use this, or could you use this with the high school students?" We always try to turn at least one or two pieces to give back to them. So oh, that's nice. By all means, if you have wood down or having trees taken down, please drop me an email because the, the turners would love to have it. And many times we'll come over now, and help cut and remove. Are there any woods that you can't use? For example, um, the thing that comes to mind is is the deck wood, the pressure treated wood. Yeah, any wood that's been treated, we're not interested in, okay. only because we're interested in the natural material. So even things that have been painted like this, obviously this was painted, mm -hmm. you know, back when lead was a primary component in the yeah. paint. So we removed the, well, the, the, the paint very Dave. carefully, <laughs> you know. But yeah, we would prefer to work right from the log. Right from the log, yeah. I wish I knew, you know, I just had a couple of trees taken down, but they took them away. So. Chances are there'll be more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely keep us in mind. Um, so the other thing I just want to mention is we have we will probably be doing some sort of a debut sort of opening for the studio at the center. Mm -hmm. We're hoping towards the end of January. It'll be on the center's website. Okay. Which is let me make sure I get it. Try and let you know about it as well in Cape Week. You find most of these things in Cape Week. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, cultural-center.org is the, is the mm -hmm. center's website. It'll be on their site and we'll certainly get something out. Um, but we'll do a debut where people will be able to come in, see the equipment, see the facilities, see the demonstration. And by that time, we will have uh, schedules up for beginner, intermediate, and advanced classes that we'll start offering for oh, people. Oh, exciting. So and I want to remind everyone that even though the center is in Yarmouth, it's open to people all over the Cape. We get people from all over, and it's amazing. I had a couple come back to me from, um, I believe they're in Connecticut. They were just visiting the Cape, happened to walk through the show uh, a year or so ago, bought one or two of my pieces from the show, but they saw me demonstrating. Mm -hmm. and. Two years later, they showed up again and said, we made a trip back to the Cape just so we could see your demonstration and buy more of your work. And to me, that's that's a connection. That's amazing yeah. that, that people off Cape are drawn back in because of I what imagine they saw if here. you have classes or workshops in the summer that, that people might even, you know, work that into their vacation. We do. And it's always a surprise to me when we have summer, uh, our club meetings are once a month, usually the last Wednesday of the, well, I'll say the first Wednesday of the month. Every month, we have our meeting at the Cultural Center, with the okay. exception of December. So, first Wednesday of the month, and everybody's welcome. You can come in. We start usually about 6.30. But, and we have a demonstration as well as the meeting. But it always surprises me. I think our attendance is going to be down in the summer because everyone is so busy. Mm -hmm. that it, it isn't. And often, we have visitors from all over the country and some people from out of the country who are on the Cape vacationing. Mm -hmm. And they come and find us. 
Well, as you've said, it, you know, I think whether you're, you're doing it, I've never done it, but whether you're doing it or watching this, there's a certain quiet, meditative feel about it. Not quiet, because it makes noise, but, uh, but there is, it does produce a sort of symphony as, the, uh, as it, you... Um, it does. But I have to say, in all the crafts and things I've worked with in, in throughout my career, and I don't really know why this is, every woodworking group I've worked with across the country, the general feeling among wood, wood turners, for whatever reason, they are not proprietary. They are very willing. If you come today and you say, well, Dave, I really like that. Would you show me how to do that? Of course I don't. Where, you know, in other crafts, often they'll say, well, you know. <laughs> that's it's my creativity. You know, we see it more as a skill, you know, and nothing makes me happier. And, you know, I have people that we helped and did some training for who are now instructors. And, that, you know, that's very rewarding for us to see people come along. So it's wonderful networking and not only do we have people from the you know wood turning group but we're all friends we all get together for dinner we, oh, it's just nice. been a wonderful it's social, social activity for a lot um, of our members i have a, a quick question that's mm -hmm. uh, logistical and then and then we can uh, we can finish up. with the yep we can wrap it up but i i was going to say if you hold this pen up and, and then you hold up what I'm usually using. I know where I want to be from now on, you know, this is, is definitely a thing. So just in terms of, of uh, you know, costs and that kind of thing, can you give us, I, I always ask this question because I don't want people to look at it and go, oh, that's beautiful, but I could never afford it. Could you give us an idea of the, the sort of, uh, for, for how much, how much for a pen? How, I mean, how, is there a little item, how much would you expect to, to buy it for at a gift show, you know, that kind of thing? just so that people know if their budget supports it, you know? Well, I have to answer that question honestly. If you were to purchase this pen at the Kennedy Museum, made from the Kennedy artifact, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> with the certificate, I believe they're $100. Okay. If you were to purchase this from a craft person at a craft fair, not Kennedy material, but in this case, exotic materials, woods that you don't see here in the United States. This happens to be rosewood. But probably forty five dollars oh, in okay. that neighborhood. But if you were to join the Woodworkers Club for twenty five dollars, you could come to my shop and turn one of these yourself. I could keep myself in pens. You may <laughs> absolutely and, and we have had people come and learn and they now turn pens, bottle stoppers, seam rippers, all kinds of small things and sell them and make a living that way. Not a living living, but are, are, uh, they do it as for an income. Do, do you, and most of the things we see here, I'm especially attracted by these uh, beautiful curves and, and the high gloss. Uh, is that treatment or is it just polishing it with a wood oil afterwards? The one that's in your hand, that is actually just the wood mm -hmm. um, with a, whack, a finishing wax on it. That's all that's on that particular piece. However, if we're going to do something like this, that's going to be a salad bowl, We'll use a food-safe uh, boiled walnut oil or something that's mm -hmm. non-allergenic to treat the inside. And then I like to put a little gloss on my pieces so my outside generally will be a lacquer or some kind of a high-gloss mm -hmm. polished finish. And, and that's so it's the, safe to put food in and, and it won't exactly. pick up the absorption from the food. That's, that's the primary reason, absolutely. But the other reason in a, a piece like this, we want the finish to be resilient and it gets damaged when it's in the kitchen things get banged around right and then people come back and say you know how do i fix this well you take some of this oil and you rub it back in there and you're good to go 
where and, a, a high polished finish you wouldn't be able to, you know, something like this the, that's a museum piece, you know, this was made for display only. There's no other function for this. Okay. This has this has a multi-layer lacquer finish on it. That's probably seven or eight layers deep. I see. And and I actually that piece and the one next to it, the small opening. So you you also uh, this sounds silly, but you hollow out. Yes. You know, you're not. Uh, you can yep. do narrow hollowing, so you could do small pieces. Yep. Is it harder um, to do a small piece than a big piece? Um, no, it's actually easier. Um, so the the trick to a hollow form, and I'll, I'll just mention very quickly that I'm doing a program on hollow forms, a training program for people who want to learn how to do hollow forms. Anything that is deep and relatively small entrance, we mm -hmm. refer to as a hollow form. It's a form, it really doesn't, it may be a vase or whatever, but typically doesn't have any other function. It's really just the form and mm. the shape is what is what it's all about. But getting this far in with a tool on the lathe can be challenging. And we have special tools to do that um, and special techniques to do that. And I have a number of turners who are anxious to improve their skill in that area. So uh, starting in, uh, in March, we're gonna be doing uh, a three or four session workshop on hollow forms and how we do and, that. And these basically seem to last forever. I, I was recently looking at um, a Chinese snuff bottle that was uh, um, pretty old, prob probably early 1900s, mm -hmm. and it seemed just as smooth. And I was looking at the intricate detail, though, and, and you can do all the shaping, right? Mm -hmm. So. And we also have a number of people who do embellishment. I do not. Um, I do it occasionally, but not very often. And what I mean by that is they'll take a piece like this and they might do some carving. Oh, I see. Or they might do some wood burning. Or mm -hmm. they might do some airbrushing. Um, I love wood. So Just leave <laughs> I, it the I, way you know, it is. I, I prefer to select a piece of wood and, and try to get the color and the grain and things out of it that I can that come naturally with that piece of wood. I find it interesting. Um, but you can do a lot of embellishment. And that's actually one of the aspects. I have a gentleman... Uh, in this area, uh, Richard Wright, who's, in my opinion, just an, an outstanding, he's a good he turner. Will he be at so. the show? Yes, actually, Richard has his own uh, table at Great Gifts, and some of his pieces are going to be on the wood turner's table. He'll have his carving probably in one area, and some of his turn pieces in the other. But Great. but I, I have the ability to bring those guys in as part of the training that we do, and they're very willing to come and help. Them. Well, you and your wife will have to come for dinner because you'll be proud of me. For, for 30 years now, I've had a, a clawfoot golden oak uh, dining set that has uh, you know minimal finishing on it. And, and I just ran around getting the kids not to use mark, magic markers near it or anything else because it's very pleasurable to just sit there and be able to feel, to feel the wood. Yeah, so I thank you so much for coming. I usually ask, is there anything else? But we're so far over time no. that... People are going to have to come to the show this weekend on Friday and Saturday if you want to talk to Dave anymore because we talked as much as we could. Or please just send me an email. Thank oh, okay. you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for nice. coming. It's great. So much fun. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.